Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Redemption Podcast. My name is Andrew, and I'm here with Steven, my co-host. Hey there, guys. This podcast is for patriots who are sick of typical news and politics talking points, but still want to save America. Exactly. What we need is action. So on American Redemption, we're going to look at the root causes of societal decay and give you the tools you need to save America as you go about your day-to-day life. Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the American Redemption podcast. Andrew, I am very excited for this episode today. I can see that. Yeah. So this episode was inspired by some of our most ardent listeners uh, who kind of radicalized me this weekend uh, at a Dairy Queen in rural America. And I kind of gave a sermon to the people of this Dairy Queen and basically explained why we do American Redemption and why America First is the way forward. And yeah, we're going to get into that in today's episode. So what we're going to do is go back to some of the topics we touched on in episode one and explain the ethos of American Redemption, because I feel like we've had some great guests on recently and we've expanded our knowledge base on the podcast, but it's time to tie all of those things back into the reason Andrew and I started up the podcast and what we're looking to achieve. So without further ado, Andrew, give us a a recap. Yeah, I think this is a great idea for an episode because we we have had a lot of guests covering a lot of different topics. So we went back, we listened to a couple of our most recent episodes again, listened to episode one, and this episode is going to be about tying it all together, how the episodes we've done recently fit into what we talked about in episode one, which was establishing this this new right-wing narrative for where we want the culture to go. And this vision is based on virtue, family values, unity and trust among neighbors and countrymen, a Christian culture, nationalist, economic policy, things like that. So, yeah, I keep thinking about uh, what my parents and uncles and aunts and grandparents have told me about their lives when they were young. And you can see how much has happened to the country. And it hasn't been good for the most part. Like my grandfather, he supported nine children on one salary with no college education. They lived in one of the most unaffordable areas of the country, or at least that's what it is today, the suburbs of Chicago. My parents, when they were kids, when they were in school, they got to just bike around town unattended, walk to the city or the town square. And their parents didn't have to worry about them getting kidnapped. They didn't even have a way to contact them. And I don't think this is just looking at the past with rose tinted glasses. There is something tangible, but not exactly measurable that changed. And everybody knows it. No parent today would send their kid down the street into a busy town square, let alone down the street in a quiet neighborhood to wait for the bus. Is it because parents are just paranoid or has something changed? I think something's changed. Parents are not any more paranoid or any more worried about their kids today than they used to be. There's something different. I think we've lost a lot of trust in our neighbors and in our communities. And, you know, that's not to say that this country isn't still filled with amazing people. 
it, it really is. And there's tons of pockets in this country where what I described still exists. But it seems like, by and large, it's a thing of the past. Something changed. The world just seems a little scarier. We don't know each other as well. We don't know our neighbors. We don't have any trust in the people in our community. Like, you're not going to leave your bike unlocked. Theft uh, just seems to happen more. We just don't trust these people around us as much. And something, there's a lot that went into that. So I don't know exactly what it is, but something changed. And we don't like that. We want to live in the country that my grandparents and my uncles and aunts and my parents described from when they were young. And this applies to the West as well. My grandparents from, from Europe have very similar stories about where they grew up. My grandpa just told me about the neighborhood where he used to go to school is now overrun with crime. And it's uh, a foreign country at this point. It's filled with people from the Middle East. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said there. And I want to take that and say that it's where we where we started at. And I think we need to describe where we're going. But the America that Andrew just broadly described, that his parents lived in to a lesser extent, and then his grandparents uh, to an even lesser extent, is dead or on life support. When uh, Donald Trump got elected in, before he got elected in 2016, he said the American dream as we know it is dead and I am here to bring it back. It was kind of a voice in in the dark to a really dying nation, uh, a society that had been uh, hollowed out by drugs, by uh, broken families. And we have to get back to a place where the American people acknowledge that they are a distinct people with a distinct culture and a distinct value system. The demoralization campaigns that you see everywhere in front of you on your television screen every night on the door of every business you see that all says you should lie down and basically die because the ruling class of this country uh, hates you and they see you nothing more as a means to an end to be extracted. And we've lost battles in the culture war, but we haven't lost the war because we have to re- the will to resist lies, slander, and attacks on our overall way of life. There hasn't been any energy or excitement in the conservative movement because people still believe that there was things worth conserving and it's not worth putting my skin on the line at this point. This isn't the hill to die on, but we are rapidly approaching closer and closer to that point. And truthfully, it's going to take people of strong will that are physically strong mentally strong, and most importantly, spiritually strong. The reason that there is an attack on religion and Christianity more broadly is because a people that believes in God and a people that is not beholden to the laws of man is not easily conquered. We have to be the patriots that we've been waiting for. 
actually read the words of American Crisis by Thomas Paine and read the speech of Patrick Henry. They did not mince words. Tyrants of the past and of the future will not care that your rights are God-given. They actually detest the Almighty because it's the last uh, stepping stone away from them having absolute power and control. So through this podcast, we are starting out on our journey into preserving America. And I'm not perfect. Ever since the beginning of this podcast, I've had ups in my life. I've had downs in my life. But the goal is to keep going up and to be consistent, you know, gain a little bit every single day. And again, it will be our life's work to bring America back to a place where she can live up to her claim as a free nation and as one nation uh, under God. That's what we believe. And I was talking to our friends this weekend at the Dairy Queen with where I radicalized a bunch of people because I was talking like Alex Jones and being absolutely insanely based. A friend uh, who I won't name asked why I won't tone down the messaging of the podcast. They asked why I won't tone down the messaging of the podcast. And the answer is, is this podcast is meant for people who are already of a certain persuasion uh, I'm, I'm not uh, looking to persuade your uh, average, uh, I guess, college Republican uh, conservative type whose only concern is taxes. I don't think I'm going to talk about taxes a ton on this podcast. And I'm not looking to uh, change the mind of really uh, someone who even vote, voted for Joe Biden. I don't think they share the same worldview as I do. I think the, the goal of the podcast is to find people that have a similar worldview to myself as a Christian conservative young man in America who has his eyes open to the blatant uh, corruption and depravity and the overall agenda of the people that are uh, kind of pulling the strings at the uh, the very highest levels of our government to just wake you up that wake you up to the fact that you are in a fight for the future sovereignty of our country and uh, you should start planning accordingly that that's who I do it for. Yeah. Good stuff, Stephen. Tyranny is for sure here. And for some reason, too many people are, are just letting it go, not recognizing it, not thinking about what uh, lies in the future. If we don't stop this now, think about where our descendants will be if they have to live in a yeah, world that- Yeah. The, the, freedom know, that, keeps- the freedom that you give up right now will be a freedom that your children never know. Yeah. And think about how much freedom we already don't know that has been lost in the last few decades. We are at a point now where 
people with our worldview do not want to send their their kids to like any of the public institutions. They've all been turned bad, evil, maybe to corrupt. There's so much wrong with the world. And if we want our our kids to grow up in an America, like we described earlier, we're going to have to work pretty hard and it's going to take yeah, a long time. I'm, but bit in, by bit, it will improve. Bit by bit. That's very important that you said that, because, again, each episode is us doing a dissection of something we see wrong in the culture or in our broader worldview sphere. So, yeah, if we just came on every single episode and said, oh, things are so bad, uh, <laughs> we're, we're all going to die. Go put your head in the sand. Uh, you wouldn't do anything. You wouldn't be motivated. But by having different people of different persuasions that are seeing things, okay, I've noticed we can make some improvement here, or we can make some improvement here, or we could we could do this within uh, uh, this sector of of the culture. It, it gives us a chance. I mean, we're we're again. I, I consider the first episode of the podcast square one from where we're starting at and it's just giving you tools to to move forward uh, again our enemies want you to think that our goals are not possibly achievable they want you to think that the 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 culture is this huge ball of wax that you're never going to be able to unravel that's entirely not true there's people in different spaces doing work every single day to still try to make this country a better place. All we're doing is trying to be one of many who decides to pick up their sword, uh, so, so to say, in the, uh, in the context and really just acknowledge that we're, uh, we're after something better here. Yeah, exactly. And something I just thought of while you were talking about, you know, the bit by bit thing, we can all do something. It's very opposed to the way the left orients themselves in the world and with their problems. The problems that the typical leftist sees in the world are so big that I don't think they believe they can do anything about them. Like racism, the climate, COVID, uh, class struggles, whatever. All these things are like so big that all these things they the leftists are worried about that they can't possibly do anything to fix them. The problems we see all go back to stuff that we need to be doing. Like Start going to the gym, work harder, be a good mother or father or brother or sister or whatever. Get involved in your community. And that is how we fix these problems. Whereas the problems the left has, there's nothing they can do. Like they can they can use like a, a reusable straw all they want. They're not going to be able to fix China's waste. Yeah, that again, that's another fantastic point. That That's why they have the the media parroting all these talking points and it that there's a reason they call it the liberal hive mind because they they're all they're all plugged in to literally what feels like the matrix uh they're they're all plugged in and they all give you the the state approved talking point all we're asking is for you to be the best version of yourself possible be an individualist but also don't turn on uh, your fellow man or your fellow citizen whenever they're actually willing to stand up for your uh, for your well-being 
uh, a lot of people have a lot of problems with the things that I say sometimes, but I'm the only one standing out there defending them sometimes when it comes hell or high water. That, that, that's the problem with the right wing is that they don't defend their own. Someone comes out and says something moderately uh, displeasing to uh, the left and the right shifts the Overton window back left and just leaves this person on an island instead of actually coming together and defending one of their own. I, I think that's a, a problem I see. It's like, oh, you have some... Uh, you say a few edgy things so obviously yeah and for anyone who thinks you're too radical like your views would be just normal moderate like 50 years ago so so anyway let's let's break down some of these episodes we're going to start talking about uh episode eight which was about the war on christmas and like the big takeaway there i love uh, christmas uber chat all that good stuff so anyway like the takeaway there is that the war on christ is real you know it's not just the war on Christmas. It's part of the war on Christ. Satanism is out in the open at this point. Like the satanic temple has been involved in numerous lawsuits. Like they're going after the Texas abortion case, the after school Satan club. That- <laughs> what is that? It's real bad. Oh man. So, so lots don't recognize uh. this still, but acknowledge it. You know, the greatest trick the devil ever played was convincing the world. He didn't exist. Oh, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's hilarious. The people that claim to you to be uh, uh, a- atheist or, or, or non-religious, like in o- almost everything that they do appears to be like inherently satanic. It, it's absolutely, uh, it's absolutely comical to see. I mean, it's sad that, I mean, we're trying to save souls out here, but I mean, they're like, oh, I'm not religious. Oh, look, gee, I can, I can join a, uh, uh, a cult, yeah, yeah, and it's interesting if you look at the the tenets of like the Satanic Temple or the other one. There's like the Satanic Church or something. Their beliefs are basically just like your pretty typical like lefty liberal beliefs, which is very interesting because think about oh, they have they have a mask mandate and a vax mandate at the Satanic you know, Temple. So they're not like they're not like saying like worship Satan. <laughs> they're a little more subtle, and it's interesting. Why are they going after Christianity? Why are they doing this? It's because Christianity is the only thing that truly can counter Marxism and progressiveness. It's true. Yeah, real quick, so, let's let's plug uh, plug Comrade Doyle, John Doyle, great conservative YouTuber. He has a whole series on like Satanism, uh, liberalism, Christianity. Two videos, maybe three, that go into this in great detail. I check it out. Yeah, John. Oh, those Doyle. are very good. Very good. So, uh, my take was a little bit different than yours, just because we talked in the show notes before about what you were going to say and what I was going to say. So, my take's a little bit different, and my homework for those who watch the War on Christmas episode is to read the Art of War by Sun Tzu. It is not very hard. I read it in like a day and a half in uh, the summer last year. And if I find an online version or a PDF version, I will link to it in the description. But 
the the quote from the art of war that i'm gonna bestow on you is so true about the culture war the supreme art of war is to subdue the enemy without fighting and that's exactly what the left does when they tell you something's a non-issue in the culture war that means you're over the target it's exactly what you should be talking about and whatever stance they have on it you should oppose it Hmm. yeah the, the American communists will tell you that it's not real. They will tell you that systemic racism is real and that America is misogynistic because the goal is to get you not to engage. The goal is to get to you not to yeah, then they've already engage won. with them. They, they, yeah, you have to accept those terms. And because you're not willing to engage with them, when you're discussing an issue, you're going to speak about that issue mm, on their terms. Yeah. So a big tenet of being in a fight is acknowledging that. Yeah, that set, set your own terms whenever you're, you're facing one of these issues that's so pervasive in the culture. Because if you are careful, you pay attention, you'll notice that most people on the right who are arguing against these issues are actually using leftist assumptions in the argument. Talk about gay marriage, for example. They're using the word, the phrase gay marriage, when the argument should be that there's no such thing as gay marriage by definition of what marriage is. It is between a man and a woman. But when you try to argue. Yeah, they could they could argue about civil unions. Yeah. Barack Obama was a master at this. He was absolutely a master at this. He, he would he would set the tone for eight years with which the right had to uh, rebuttal. Yeah. But yeah, he he. he Civil unions was was the argument for all of five seconds before he got on the mic and yeah. Another one I see a lot too is people will describe. They'll be like, "This person's a biological male. Well, they shouldn't be in the in in the women's sports, whatever." Why are you saying biological male? There is no other kind of male. Just say male, a man. It gives ground to them. It's little by little they they grab that up. It's those inches in the trenches, man. All right, I uh, I think we'll move on to episode nine with Matthew. Yeah. Now, I, I really like that episode. I really like Matthew. I think he's a great guy. Uh, really value his uh, opinion. I really see him as uh, a little bit of a mentor to the uh, to the podcast because uh, he started talking. He started sowing those seeds even before we had the idea. Of, of starting the podcast and yeah um i would say with that episode that fathers are vital to creating the next generation of of young men is it a surprise that america has fallen as far as she has in the same generation that absent fatherhood is running rampantly fathers are the nucleus of the family unit if you're a father, you guide your family. And as a single person, you have a duty uh, to a lesser extent to your inner circle to, uh, to, to guide them, uh, give them an, an understanding of, of your worldview and uh, right and wrong, what you're willing to tolerate, what you're not willing to tolerate 
because you associate with them when, when they when they say that you are a summation of the people that you hang out with that is entirely true you are a summation of the people that you uh, associate with I've associated with some really great people like like you Andrew and I've also associated with some uh, people that I've had the distance for myself from in my life because that's not the path that I was heading down. Yeah, so, that's a great point. It's uh, we're, we're, that's a cool connection there from the father to the you know the circle of friends because it's there are some parallels there, and we've got a really good group of friends, and they've definitely been good influences on on me. Hopefully, I haven't dragged them down too far. Yes, they are. They are very loyal listeners to the podcast because we hold them hostage <laughs> if they don't listen. So yeah, watch out. They are they are they are shame from the friend group if they don't <laughs> listen to the podcast. That, that that's that's I think that's how we we grow a base is that we have to shame people and then not like what do you mean you bro you didn't hear the last episode of American Redemption like Steve was an absolute beast during that episode like you're missing some prime content and yeah I mean we're not afraid not to call people out so. on the air we've called out uh, Kevin number one <laughs> so. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a you know similar kind of take. It was all about fatherhood. America needs strong fathers to lead and to raise the kind of families we talk about. Families of good values that will then go out in the world and be the kind of neighbors we want to have. We want everyone to have to make a positive influence on those around us. Uh, and like you were saying, Stephen, you control your own destiny you have we have a lot of control over where we where we go in the world what we do and you don't exactly control that of those closest to you but you guide it so we need strong fathers no more homer simpsons uh no more you know funny as they are oh the cartoon dad terrible. makes me it's so in, mad yeah oh my every gosh. cartoon dad even like oh yeah sitcom dads they're all fat stupid slobs it's an attack on masculine masculinity and fatherhood like yeah they're funny you know, but, uh, I was, I was, I was thinking, so in preparation for this, I was thinking that thinking of a dad in like American, like TV culture that like best described my politics. And I came to uh red foreman of uh, uh, that 70s show. I, uh, <laughs> I guess I've seen a couple of episodes that he seems like a, a good guy, I guess. <laughs> His name is red. He drives a truck, right? Uh, Typical. Yeah, lives in Wisconsin, just a Midwestern just dad, red blooded yeah. American. Oh, he he loses his job because of uh, uh, foreign nationals selling out his job. I mean, just your average Joe. It's, it's just a dad trying to make it in America, and you know, raise his family yeah. with good values. It's 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 hard out here for the yeah. the OG dads, man. But yeah, so. But we're not doomers. We're bringing it back. We're bringing back awesome dad energy all Absolutely. the time. And yeah, we've had a lot of we know know a lot of awesome dads. Uh, my dad, I haven't met your dad. I'm sure he's awesome. Like if 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 you don't have a pair of New Balances and are grilling steaks every weekend, oh, you're a globalist. Uh, actually, I think my dad has a New Balance, and my dad's a big big grill user, the Komodo Joe. I bought my dad a grill for last Christmas just so he wouldn't be a communist. <laughs> yeah, no, all the all the dads at work at my office, they all were just talk they talk about grilling and and like steak and meat all the time. 
that's all they have left, man. They can't talk about any anything else. You you need to yeah. Uh, there, there needs to be like a shirt for like dads. It just has like the flag like planted in like a stake and like like this will defend or something like that. Because wow, it's all the dads teacher. have left. <laughs> yeah. It's all the dads have left is the grill. Like if you take away the grills, like I see all this plant-based stuff, like that's what's oh, going to take the dads yeah. over the edge. It's like the uh, all the all the beyond meat is the dads will dads revolt when the grills are under attack. That's good. Uh, yes, that's funny. All right, why don't you get us into episode ten? All right, so episode ten. This was a very dense episode, very high level. Like, not everyone's going to be interested in the nitty gritty there, but I think there's an important takeaway. Dan yeah. was a genius. He's so he so smart, away. really smart guy. Just very high IQ. So, but the takeaway, in case you like, you know, weren't into the whole philosophy and history of science and all that, takeaway, in my opinion, one of the key takeaways was ideas have consequences. Everything has a philosophical philosophical assumption behind it on all these subjects, and they change history. You don't get the kind of pandemic response that we're experiencing right now unless you first have scientism brewing in every institution of learning in the West. You don't get transgenderism either. So to combat it, we need to get back to the Aristotelian understanding of, of science. Can't abandon reason, empiricism and reason working together to understand the natural world. Yeah, I had a similar takeaway that says don't reject the natural world. Uh, our enemies do this, and they roll through blatant coercion. Uh, the blind worship at the altar of, in quotes, science has gone too far, and those interested in legitimate inquiry, like Dan, uh must rise to the occasion and i think they are i mean you see the rogan episode with yeah, dr malone dr. and a lot a lot of people and peter mccullough yeah I, I see a lot of people who are out there looking to rectify a lot of the wrong that has been done by people in the scientific community yeah people are aware of this now and we're able to, you know, it's just out in the open so much that we have no choice but to respond to it now. Um, yeah, and what you were saying there too about don't reject the natural world. It's it's a good point because so much of, of liberal, liberalism is just that. It is a rejection of reality. And they find a study, a peer-reviewed study or some kind of silly thing to, to back it up, you know, in quotes, back it up. But it doesn't take a peer-reviewed study to know that a man cannot become a woman and vice versa. So don't reject the natural world. That's a good tie into episode uh, 11, which I think episode 10 demonstrates why the topic of episode 11, education is so important. Who your teachers are and what they're teaching you matters. We have all these subjects that seem politically neutral. Yeah. I think in school, everyone kind of knew a lot of the history teachers were going to be liberal. And I know I, I had that experience. I had a teacher who basically taught Marxism. They were teaching relativism, cultural Marxism stuff in class. And we were just 
you know, dumb 10th graders. We didn't know how to understand it. We didn't know how to refute it. But other classes, other subjects that seem like they might be neutral also have all these assumptions baked in. Like history, you're going to use a textbook for that class, and someone wrote it from a very specific perspective. It's really not any different from how the news reports on an event today. Like, look at the way the media covered January 6th or the BLM riots. These events are going to be in the history books someday, and they're probably on their way very soon. And they will be described the way CNN describes them, not the way you and I do. Uh, Think about what events in history were similarly mischaracterized by the textbook writers. Or look at a science class, which you think science is is like, you know, just the facts. You think that's going to be neutral, but scientism, a little bit of scientism is baked in. You learn the science of bacon, not of Aristotle. The science of bacon, that sounds funny. Not how to make bacon, not the science of bacon, the philosophical assumptions coming from (laughs) Francis Bacon. And that leads to scientism. The science of bacon, yeah, we should do an episode on that. I have become one of the best bacon cooks around. I've only cooked bacon a handful of times, and every time I've cooked it, people say, this is the best bacon I've ever had. I'm like three for three on that. So it's all about quality of, of the bacon. But anyway, the consequences are clear. What about English class? I think yeah. I don't know if this is already happening. If it isn't, it will soon. They're gonna teach them to use gender neutral pronouns, probably within the decade. So English class, English class, which is supposed to just be cut and dry. Here are the rules of our language. Here's how you communicate. All this garbage is getting baked in and they're teaching the kids this to use gender neutral pronouns. So we need to educate ourselves so that we can combat these ideas and inform others. Yeah, you make a great point about the relationship between episode 10 and episode 11. He who controls the narrative of the past will set the terms on which the future is written. You you have to be willing and able to educate yourself to gain a fuller understanding. So... Again, our call to action there was give yourself a liberal education and never stop the yeah. quest for knowledge. I mean, it's kind of scary to think about. They're writing all the textbooks. And I have only kind of been getting into more more reading of history and philosophy and, and more pursuing my own liberal education in the last year, maybe two. And I've uncovered a lot of things already that I learned in school that were mischaracterized or misleading. Oh, I mean – yeah, they're they're telling past history through, uh, through their worldview, but also basically everything post World War II has been, has been written in the textbooks by the American Marxists, yeah. and uh, it, it's a problem. I mean, that's like six. We're going on like seven, eight decades of American history being taught by people who who hate the country. I mean, it's real the, bad. Yeah, it, the chickens are finally just starting to come home to roost. I mean, that's three generations. So yeah, that's really not good at all. I don't. This is a tough one because most people are, are still going to go to public school, so it's going to be very tough yeah, to, it, to root it, that out. It, it's a fight people like Tom are honorable for taking up. Honestly, yeah, I give him props. He's one of the good ones. Let's take this into our call to action for today's episode today's 
uh, call to action would be just remember why why you're you're in the fight. Uh, remember why you believe uh, what you believe. We respect uh, the opinions of our 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 friends, our 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 family, but you you know what you believe in and why and be willing to have conversations with people but uh don't discount yourself just because someone hasn't been caught up to your level of of understanding try to bring them along it's a lot to digest we don't even understand the full ramifications of what's going on in this country right now but there's clearly a, a, a changing tide uh people can't put up with uh with with mandates and authoritarians and blatant attacks on their way of life uh forever they we we have a cause that's we're fighting for so we just have to rally as many people as we possibly can that's the goal of the podcast to uh get people awake get people excited uh be willing to uh, wear it on their sleeve, ad- advance the cause of liberty, legitimate liberty, liberation from uh, vices, and being a strong American who's not easily conquered. Because right now we have uh, a group of people that uh, wants to fight in in a uh, in in a sense of ideas, but doesn't is still too reliant on the the broader system as a whole so yeah think about why you're doing this why why you care about this sort of thing because politics so often seems so ugly even this culture stuff not exactly politics but it seems so ugly it can seem so just stupid sometimes but we are doing this because we want our family current and future to live in a better country. We're not happy with how it is today. And on the present path, it seems like it's just going to get worse. So it's going to take people who want a better future for their, for their family to do something about it. So really think about that. Think about why you care, what you want for the future of the country and what you want your your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, what kind of world do you want them to live in? Yeah, and like I said, I, I've had ups and downs since the start of the podcast, but we started out the podcast by telling people to do small acts of patriotism. That never changes. But no, I, I like when people call me and tell me that I've inspired them to stand up for themselves a little bit because I mean I, I had a very sharp like razor's edge up in at the end of end of 2020 where I stopped wearing wearing the mask I stopped bending the knee I stopped listening to authority figures and I got a lot of flack for it and I'm not going to apologize for standing on my principles because two years later uh they've 
basically all but told you that the efficacy of the vaccine wanes after a couple months, that COVID's going to come for everybody, and that you should still want to live in fear of something that 99.9% of people are going to recover perfectly fine from. So it, it's, it's never been more clear. I mean, at this point, it's two years. The people that choose to be free are free and the people that choose to be slaves are slaves. Yeah. And I, I think, I think the lines get clearer uh, every single day. Uh, I don't think any of us are going back to being enslaved by the, the shackles of the liberal worldview, but I do think we can wake more people up uh, every single day. So what I, what I will say to my friend that radicalized me at the Dairy Queen in rural America is that I will spread my, uh, I will give my information to you and you can take that information, dissect it down how you see fit and spread that information to the masses. You can share our message just as we share other content creators messages that, that we see. Yeah. All right. That's a good place to finish off. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time.